I was like, where is Sahana? Where is Sahana's mom? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, my and... parents go fucking ham for the Rasputin song. <laughs> I know. <gasps> Welcome to a very special edition of Summer Crossover Book Club, the podcast where your two favorite dumb bitches decide that habitually subjecting themselves to the literary stylings of Stephanie Meyer hasn't killed enough brain cells, and who have instead decided to launch themselves full speed ahead into the truly harrowing world of Twilight crossover fic. Yep, you heard that right. Now, you may be saying to yourself, this is not my beautiful house. <laughs> this is not my beautiful vampire social work wife. <laughs> that is fair, um, and the answer is definitely not that neither of us uh, finished rec- reading on time to record, and actually just that we were feeling like we maybe needed a little change of scenery. You know, a uh, vacation. Maybe yeah. uh-huh. somewhere on the East Coast. Uh, y'all ever heard of a little town called Stars Hollow, Connecticut? You mean... You mean the Gilmore Girls land? The land of the Gilmore Girl, baby! <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, but in reality, and again, definitely not because we didn't finish reading. We would time. never do that. Uh, we're very responsible. Very responsible. Um, no, in reality, we're doing this because we'll be launching our Patreon within the next few weeks, and we want to give you a taste of the type of content you'll be finding on there. Uh, so this is just one of a lot of fun things that we'll be able to bring you through that venue. Um, and honestly, I'm really excited to be creating this stuff to share with y'all. Like, this is going to be the same length, I think, as a normal episode, uh, <laughs> yeah. judging. But, uh, but it was a lot, it was a lot of fun to make. Um, also, uh, for those of you who saw our request to live tweet the episode last week, you may remember that I promised I would write you letters. Those are still coming, I promise. I just had a really big two weeks where I got to spend a lot of time with our other great podcasters in the Orange Groves. I saw Joe, Jory, Riley, Wheels, Rain, Chris. You may know them from such shows as Interstitial, Gotta Memorize, Two on 94 Note Street, uh, Bed Bath Bionicle, Rest in Power, uh, CWFP, They Them Theirs, uh, one of the Orange Girls' newest shows, Nervous Rex, and many others. Uh, and that's right, I basically hung out with the entirety of the Orange Girls network these past two weeks, except for Sahana, who the cruelty of this cold and unforgiving world has kept me from. It's truly a nightmare. What um, but bef- I could save up money and buy a ticket to the Pacific Northwest you and we could take could what do is that we could go on the Twilight Road trip. Okay, is that <laughs> give us join our Patreon to get me out to the Pacific Northwest and we can go to Forks. We yeah. have to take this pilgrimage and I need you I need to go fund me for our pilgrimage to <laughs> uh to Forks. Um but yeah, but before we get into the fic, I do think because if that wasn't made clear already, we're reading, you know, we're reading crossover fanfiction. <laughs> I think that everyone should know that it's really fitting that we should do our first summer crossover book club with Gilmore Girls, because it has been an iconic show in our lives. Like, y'all have been thinking that Twilight is a root of our friendship, but you're all suckers, because it's actually Gilmore Girls that has kept us bound by a shared curse for life. It's true. Um, when the revival season of Gilmore Girls came out in 2016? 2017? 2016? Whatever it was. I left a party that my parents were throwing. And by the way, my parents throw great parties. Uh, they do! Um, can't wait for July. I can't wait for uh, July 4th. <laughs> I left a party that my parents were throwing at midnight so that I could sleep for two and a half hours. I woke up at 2.30am. I drove to Kat's parents' house so that I could be there by 3 a.m., which is when the new season of Gilmore Girls dropped on Netflix, and we literally just stayed up all morning slash night watching it and yelling about how bad it is because, Jesus fucking Christ, you guys, it's so bad. It's so bad. It's so bad. Um, And I think we took one break around, like, 7 a.m. to go get McDonald's breakfast. I think even my mom That's the only break that we took. I think even my mom ate the McDonald's breakfast that day because it was such a grueling task. Like, yes. we were watching it with my mom, who was way more reticent to call it bad and also way too forgiving of Rory Gilmore. I cannot talk. Rory Gilmore and her wretchedness because she's, she's really, terrible. She really does just get progressively worse. 
so much worse because she doesn't because she doesn't grow but she gets older yes. she's like those dudes who are dating like 18 year olds and they're like 27 yeah like Except that is her energy she literally yes she she just she does not experience any character growth whatsoever and it's like, not cute like, anymore. Amy Sherman Palladino was just like, I'm gonna pick up exactly where I left off. Fuck the fact that it's many years later. Like, developmentally, she's the same person. Anyways, don't watch Survival. Nope. Don't read Twilight. Nope. Lessons from Sahana and Cap. You really, listen, we're doing this for you. Uh, we're doing this so that you don't have to. We're really taking one for the team here. Um, okay. I think that we should just uh, get into it. And I would really love to just start by reading the title and description of this fic out loud because I nearly choked laughing when you sent it to me. So it's can I just so good. It's just a fanfic. Just, this is just from fanfic.net, by the way, everyone. I so where did ahead. you find like how did you find this? I went so on fanfic.net they have an option where you can like look up two different source materials and find fanfic that is about Amazing. both of them. Amazing. So that's um, that's how I found that. That's also how I found uh, a Grey's Anatomy one that I definitely want to do at some point. Yes. Right now, what I... Okay. What I'm looking... Okay, so I don't know that much about Grey's Anatomy, whereas you know a lot. I so do. when we read that one, you're going to be explaining it to me a lot. Yes. And then what I'm definitely going to find, because it uh, is an Inuasha fanfic at some point, because in Inuasha, there is... is it, Okay, the only difference between Twilight and Inuasha is in Inuasha... She uh, is in love with two wolf boys, oh, as opposed to, but one of them's like a demon wolf boy. Uh, and uh, but yeah, there's Koga, who's Jacob, and Inuyasha, who's Edward, and Kagome, who is Bella, and we're definitely gonna read one of those. Oh, uh, Y'all pray for me, please. Um, okay, so, so the title here it is. Um, this fic is called Start Sorry, of a One's Wonderful- a Dog Boy. What's that? One's a dog. One's a oh. dog boy, thank, I guess. Thank Anyways. you for thanks for the clarification. Kind of. Um, I don't know. I, <laughs> can, we, can we? Yeah, I'm sorry. Read the title. <laughs> <laughs> I'm high. I want to talk about Inuyasha. I'm talking about the Gilmore Girls. Okay, and a lovely so- fic written on December 11th, 2011 <laughs> by one tiger cat. T1 Gurkat. T1 Gurkat. Um, this fic is called The Start of a Wonderful Friendship. Uh, the description. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay. I'm going to collect myself so that I can read the description to all of you. How hard can it be to drop your home, your friend, and your town? According to Charlie, not very hard. Especially when you add Lorelai Gilmore to the prose column. <laughs> I like so, I like that I like that Charlie Swan is making a pro con list. Um it feels very Rory Gilmore of him. Yeah. Um that's true. So right off the bat here we start with pretty much nothing. Uh like all we know about the premise of this fic is that it in some way involves Charlie and Lorelai, and that is all we get. So Kitty Cat, could you just you just take us away? You just Yeah. So there's definitely no indication at the beginning how Gilmore Girls is gonna become involved. It is just very much to the plot of Twilight, pretty much exactly where we left off um, in last week's episode, which is actually a total coincidence and very convenient. So the story opens with Bella crying and Charlie feeling upset that he cannot console his daughter. Uh, He had promised himself that after Edward left, she would not feel that way again. And so, like, I take it to be that this means that this is during the time of New Moon. And the author states, yeah, so the author states that Charlie calls the same person he had called only an hour ago, (laughs) which is, like, thrown in, which turns out to be Billy. I thought it was gonna be Renee, but it's Billy. Um, And so Billy is upset that his son was put in the friend zone. Unbelievable. (laughs) I shit you not. He calls Billy, and Billy's, like, freaking out. And Charlie and Billy get into, like, a yelling match over their teenage children's dating drama. And, like, we have an omnipresent narrator in this fanfic where we can hear both sides of the phone call, just by the way, at least for part of it. Um, So the narrator says that Charlie listened for a brief second and forced himself to reply using his words instead of his rage. (laughs) Yeah, Charlie. Use your words. Like, when you tell a toddler, use your words. (laughs) So this part killed me, because what would his rage have sounded like? Like, is it just, like, Edward's guttural yelp? Like, I just... 
So we don't get to hear Billy's response in Charlie's words, though. We, oh, sorry. Not in Charlie's words. To Charlie's words. Because, or in Charlie's words. Um, we don't really hear his response at all. So, because Tiger Cat seems to have forget, like, forgotten that the narrator could previously, just a few sentences ago, hear both sides of the conversation. And I'm not really sure who the narrator is or what the perspective is. And I also don't know why I'm reviewing the literary quality of this fanfic. Yeah, I, I really don't know why I expected the writing in this fic to be anything approximating good. I clearly did not read enough fanfic as a teen. Either that or the Sean White fanfic that I did read was just really well written. Okay. Sean White fanfic? I did during the Olympics, uh, whatever Winter Olympics happened while we were in high school, I absolutely one time stayed up till 2am reading Sean White fanfic at my parents' dining table. Okay, first of all, when they're with real people, they're called Imagines. Uh, (laughs) Which is something that Carly and I just taught you when we were talking about One Direction Imagines. Yeah, you know, a car car shaped like a car. That, that, there's a movie coming out right now. What the fuck is it Oh called? my god, the one that's based on, like, a Harry Styles Imagine? Yeah, there's a movie coming out right now based on a Harry Styles Imagine. God. It's the Fifty Shades of Grey of Harry Styles' life. God. Like, it's not even a joke. Jesus. Like, as Fifty Shades of Grey is to Twilight, that movie, which I won't even name, because I can't remember it, and also because I don't want to give it any more, like, press, is... Fifty Shades of Grey for Harry Styles' That's life. That's truly unbelievable. Do you think, how do you think ah, Harry Styles so feels upsetting. about that? I hope that he's just so rich and <laughs> famous that he just isn't aware of it. Oh, God. Hardin Scott, or whatever the fuck his name is in it. Jesus. Um, tell me about your high school relationship to fan fiction. Oh, uh, well, I also, okay, I role-played and I wrote fanfic. And role-playing is just basically writing fanfic, but, like, with other people. Um, and I know you know. I wasn't saying it to explain. I was just saying it's basically writing fanfic. Uh, also, I, as you might recall, that time that um, Splink broke up with me, and then I called you and you were busy. And so I, think that, and I, was, I was, like, not in the state. I don't remember. Either way, you were busy. You couldn't talk to me. So I was, like, in the back seat of my car at Looney, crying, listening to, uh, what year is it? It might have been The Suburbs. Maybe it, it probably was, because I think it was, like, uh, I think it was, it was 2010. Yeah, so, uh, and then you were, like, call Shell. Go over to Shell's. And I was, like, I've never hung out with Michelle before. And you are like, no, it'll be good. I'll, call, I'll message her. Like, she'll let you come over. <laughs> and she did. And then I read, made, I mean, Michelle read my middle school Tom Riddle fan fiction. <laughs> and the Fred and George, uh, a twintastic love affair. You- I'm sorry. Did you write Weasley Twincest fanfic? No, it wasn't Twincest. No, it was a self-insert character who they were both in love oh with. Oh my god. Um, Name like Alexis, I think. Jesus. Um... I don't know why Michelle is still friends with either one of us, because when she and I were first becoming friends, I made her watch J-pop videos on my parents' desktop, and also I constantly told her that I wish she was a boy so that I could date her. I don't, I don't know. But also, (laughs) also, again, you should be really lucky you didn't read more fanfiction, because you could have learned a lot of really weird things about sex that way. Like, I I remember reading Harry, real quick, I remember reading some Harry Potter fanfiction when I was younger, and like reading sex in it and I was like oh my god this is this is so beautiful and I remember one of the one of the chapters like I forget who it was but they like probably Fred I read a lot of Weasleys you know so they had like sex and then he like, fell asleep in the thick with his like dick still inside the the girl and then they woke up still inside each other and it was like really romantic Ew, and i was like no. and like as a as like a literal child i was like oh that's so romantic that's so sweet and then oh, as an adult or even a little bit later i think back about it i'm like oh god and i remember going back years later and seeing the author comment on it and they were like it's very obvious that i never had sex at this point in time <laughs> I, um, and they turned out to be really cool, and it was very funny. I would um, like to share um, 
I, as we're talking about um, gaining sex knowledge from the internet, I learned what masturbation was from Neopets chat boards. (laughs) (laughs) Katie just did a spit take. (laughs) Like a literal, for real spit take. With Coca Cola. <laughs> how, oh did my you, God. how did you not already know that about me? I think I did, but I forgot. <laughs> anyway, um, so. My hands are sticky now. <laughs> what oh, happened? Just next? like in fanfics. Um, anyway, oh. so another choice moment uh, from the phone conversation between Billy and Charlie, which is what we were talking about before this very long tangent. Um, includes Bella calling. Like, I'm sorry. It includes Billy calling Bella a little princess. Which is uh, so strange. Stay um, away from my little princess. Yes. Uh, so Charlie mentioned something about Samuli. Um, minor spoilers for those of you who um, don't want them. If you don't want us to spoil the plot of the next episode or two um, of SCBC, then don't listen to this part of what I'm about to say, I guess. Um, It's like next, like, one and a half sentences. Yes. Um, So Charlie implies that Jacob has ditched Bella to run around with Sam and his friends, which has led Bella to being sad again. Um, So Charlie decides to become toxically masculine and also engage in bias policing all in one go by threatening to basically harass and stop all of the teenagers that will push on behalf of his emotionally upset daughter. Uh, Hard yikes to that. Yeah, and then Charlie storms upstairs and starts packing Bella's things. The thick actually says he headed to her closet and pulled her suitcase down. He filled it with clothes, not paying attention to what he packed. He's a man after all. <laughs> Amazing. This is this is great attention to detail to the canon. Uh, honestly, both in the use of an M dash, which Stephanie Meyer never stops using, uh, and also with men not caring about how to pack, just like Edward. Um, so Bella, of course, immediately thinks that Charlie is sick of her because of course she does. Uh-huh. And like this, honestly, very close to canon. Again, good job. Uh, T. Wonger Cat. Tiger Cat. Uh, he tells her that her only chance to be happy is to get out of Forks. Uh, so he's gonna send her to her mom and the boys, who I guess are like siblings that now exist. And honestly, I could not tell at this point if this was like a purposeful excuse me, an unexplained change of canon? Or if the author just, like, forgot and somehow, like, thinks that Bella canonically has little brothers. Yeah. Also, Charlie's justification for sending Bella out of town is, and I quote, My mama used to say, you need to spit on people if you want them to stick. Because apparently, Charlie's now an elderly <laughs> southern woman? Like, what? <laughs> what did this part what? mean? And what does it mean in this context? I have no idea. You need is to this spit like, on people if you want them to... St- like, do, you, this- ha- you have to make people mad at you in order for them to see that they value... I have no idea. Is this a shittier version of, like, the if you love someone, let them go? <laughs> Like thing, I I was rewatching part of Parenthood too, so I saw Lauren Graham give that little speech about like if you love someone, let them go. Except she's not giving it very sincerely. But Lauren Graham's character in Parenthood is basically just a less annoying Lorelai Gilmore. So, um, you know, more crossover. Yeah. Uh, if you don't, yeah, well, never mind. If you don't know who Lauren Graham is, she plays Lorelai Gilmore. Uh, so yeah. So Bella gets on a plane, like, literally right away. Like, he's like, pack your bag, go to the airport right now. Um, and she doesn't fight it. And it says that Bella wakes up to the endless white beaches of Jacksonville. And I've never been to Jacksonville. But considering that both Jason Mendoza and my coworker who's from there uh, calls it a swamp town, I didn't <laughs> think that sounded right. So I looked it up. And while I will say there are quite a long stretch of beaches, I would not say this is a very apt description. Um, but she gets to Jacksonville and has a good time hanging out with her, uh, completely unexplained little brothers, her mom Renee and her mom's boyfriend Phil. And although it does have this one part where it says that even watching her mom and Phil flirting and necking after the boys went to bed didn't even phase her. It's so like, weird. Why is she watching this? What is going on in this house? Do you not have TV in Jacksonville, Florida? <laughs> I don't know. So the story then says... I'm just going to read it. 
She missed Charlie a lot, and the two spoke on the phone every week, but she was surprised to see that she didn't miss Jake or even Edward. The hole in her chest was not exactly healed, but was almost perfectly patched with pure parental and family love. I love this. I love love that the the author of the story read New Moon and really just wanted what was best for Bella. Like, is is this fan fiction really just Bella's answer to the miracle question? Oh my god. Like... Are we going to talk about oh the God. miracle question and solution-focused brief therapy in a bonus episode about yes, a Gilmore Girls yes, like yes, Twilight yes. fanfiction? Because we could. I was just explaining SFBT to someone the other day, and it also kind of sounds like the acronym for our podcast. It so. kind of does. I like it. Uh, STBC SFBT. Ooh. Yeah, so... Ooh. 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 Okay. Uh, so meanwhile... Wait, let me write that down. Let me write that down. <laughs> STBC SFBT. Um, okay, wait. Also, real quick... For people who don't know, the miracle question is like a kind of uh, a tool in solution-focused brief therapy where you like ask someone um, like, okay, so imagine you wake up and your problems are gone. Like, what would life look like? How would it be different? Like, a miracle's happened, everything's fixed. And then you kind of use that to like examine like what that, like your values and everything using that. That's a really rough and dirty explanation of it. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. So when I, when I use the miracle question, often it's because I, I'm working with people that really have been so like mired in their dysfunction that they really can't imagine a life that looks different from the one that they're currently Mm -hmm. living, even though the life that they're currently living is generally the result of emotional avoidance or an inability to take committed action towards their values, which is something that I talked about in the last episode. And so when I ask the miracle question, I'm really trying to get people to sort of like think outside of those constraints and then do sort of exactly what you talked about, which is like based on what their answer to the miracle question is. I almost sort of think of it as like a process of working backwards, right? So like yeah, definitely. Things that you that you say that you could do if your problems were just gone, who's saying that you can't do those things even though you have some things in your life that might feel difficult or painful? Or looking back and, like, seeing, like, okay, so based off of what you say, like, well, let's talk about what that actually looks like. Because, you know, obviously people might be like, oh, I'd have all this money and all these, like, whatever. But then you're like, okay, well, what, how would that make your life easier? Mm -hmm. Like, what about that would change? So then you might say, okay, so it sounds like you're nervous, you know, so, like, get down to the the base of what the issue is and, like, what, you know, so it kind of helps people get kind of stuck, like, out of their rut of thinking to, yes. like, examine their situation in a different way and, and solution, find solutions. Yeah, it sort of um, it sort of reminds me of the, um, the concept of creative hopelessness that's part of acceptance and commitment therapy, which is this idea that, like, essentially what it sounds like, creative hopelessness, like, everything that you have already tried has not worked. Um, which can sometimes sort of like, and, and it, the, the point is to like frame that not as being a deficit, but like everything that you've already tried has not worked. And so here you are looking for something different. That means that we need to try a different strategy. And I sort of mm-hmm. see that like feeling aligned with asking this miracle question of like, okay, yes, nothing that you have done to mitigate the problems that you're experiencing so far has felt adequate, but, like, if those problems could be mitigated, what could your life look like, and can your life still look that way, even with these, like, difficulties? So. Yeah. So, anyways. You all thought that you were going to come here for Gilmore Girls fanfiction, and here we are, still social working you. We're sneaky like that. <laughs> um. So, meanwhile, in Forks, uh, <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm really just. I'm sorry. I'm being that. I'm being that friend who like looks at you when you're watching a movie because I know it's coming. <laughs> I am just gonna read this verbatim because I cannot do it justice in any other way. So, um, Tiger Cat tells us, and I quote: Charlie had gotten into a large argument with both Billy and Jacob the same night he put Bella on that plane. He had accused Jacob of being an immature kid throwing tantrums just because things didn't go his way when the teenager had growled at him and exploded into a giant wolf. Charlie's puppy-like mind saw everything that happened in the last three months as pieces from a jigsaw puzzle that suddenly fell into place. Um, Oh my god. I could not handle Charlie's... Police-like police mind. mind. Charlie's police-like mind. There are just a, just a few things that I will also put here. Yeah. I'm just... Okay. First, kind of nice that someone's finally calling Jacob out on his bullshit. Um, second, there <laughs> is no way that Charlie would have put these pieces together on his own. Like, Tiger Cat has been very generous. Uh, yeah, I'd like to remind you all With Charlie's that deductive faculties here. Charlie is police-like. 
That is accurate because he's a sheriff, which is not police. <laughs> not police. Um, oh. But also police, like, but very bad and with very, very little intuition. Just none at all. Um, like chapter 10, which we're doing next week, it comes so obvious how little intuition this fucker has. Charlie's just really, poor sweet soul. He's no idea what's happening around him. Um, <laughs> lastly, this fic <laughs> never mentions Jacob again. Not once. So, you know, he just casually exploded into a wolf. No big deal. Not information that needs to be shared or processed. Cool. Moving on. What happens next? So Charlie's, yeah, Charlie's reaction to the supernatural is just like, I'm so disappointed in you for being a wolf. (laughs) But like, immediate, immediate acceptance of that existing in the universe. (laughs) He quits his job. He installs security systems in his house and his parents' house. Because apparently his parents live in Forks. I don't know. Or somewhere nearby. And uh, just is like, I'm going to go move to Florida to be near my my ex-wife and my kids. Uh, And he doesn't so much as call Bella or tell anyone else. He just up and fucking leaves, presumably renting his house out to someone. So we get a little more information here about these mysterious boys, too, by the way. He says, um, he, or no, it says, like, in the fic, um, he missed Bella and his boys, and after having them for a year, he didn't want to go back to seeing his kids only a few weeks a year, like he had done with Bella. So, like, did the boys live with him also? Like, they're his kids, and did they move back with Renee when she moved to Jacksonville, but Bella stayed? Like, what is the backstory here? There is no explanation. And as far as I could tell, this is not a part of a larger series by the author. This is just something that the author decided to put in, and just, like, rolled with and acted like we wouldn't find it weird what are you doing i'm turning my light on because it got dark in my living room (laughs) (laughs) if i don't edit all that noise out and you're wondering what the fuck is happening in the background sana's just moving all around and like her headphones are just dragging her phone along with her or something um okay so charlie's going to florida yeah so he gets a U-Haul. He's like, just take the things that he cared about. Because apparently the few things he cared about couldn't fit in his car. Um, I guess he couldn't keep his car because his car is the sheriff's... Does he steal it? <laughs> he uh, so he drives the... Is that why he drives the U-Haul? <laughs> so Charlie, on the way from Forks, Washington, to Jacksonville, Florida, somehow <laughs> ends up in Connecticut two days later. Which, one, that's physically impossible. <laughs> he drove it straight. It's a little over 48 hours. And they mentioned that he stops to sleep and eat. Two, what route is Charlie taking? And how much is he paying for this U-Haul? Because you have to pay for gas and mileage and a base flat fee in a U-Haul. And then sometimes you have to pay for, like, a restocking fee, kind of, if you take it too far, I think. And so at U-Haul rates... Just for the mileage, it's $1,838 alone. <laughs> and you moved across the country. I did. That seems excessive just for mileage. It, you could maybe it sh- is. So, but yeah, anyways, yep, I looked it up. You looked it up. Ah! Yahoo! <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is that's for the Gilmore Girls fans listening to our podcast, and not for all you other fuckers. Yeah, um, y'all can. Y'all you looked can. it up. You Snapchat me every time you see that part. I do. I do. It's really good. Um, uh, it's really good. So right after the fight with Billy, uh, yeah, Charlie decides he's just gonna like fuck off and move to Florida to be close to Bella. Uh, he just happens to make a stop in Hartford, where he runs into his old pal Alex, who for seemingly no reason is called Joe, but only once and then never again. Uh, I'm so confused apparently he knows Alex from like police school Um, so Alex apparently has decided to open a cafe yeah because apparently he used to live like Charlie used to live in Connecticut canonically or Alex lived in the Pacific Northwest it's unclear I don't know so um, Alex has apparently decided to open a cafe he's like hey Charlie I haven't seen you in several years do you want to be my cafe partner and Charlie's like yeah sure and then also gets a job <laughs> in a nearby town where the local police chief happens to be retiring. And I know you're all asking, 
What quaint little town is the site of Good Dad Charlie's next adventure? Why, it's none other than a little town by the name of uh, Stars Hollow, baby! <laughs> so, this entire part was written so confusing because, like, I cannot tell what tense information was coming at us in. Like, it sounded like it was talking, it was like, because it was talking about their past, like how he used to know Alex, yes. and then still in like past tense, it says I'm going to open a coffee shop, and I yes. thought this was like Charlie's lore before he moved back to Forks. I don't but know, it was maybe not, it is. Maybe it's it like was Charlie's current. unfulfilled dream. Maybe he's always wanted to open a coffee shop with his buddy Alex, and then he couldn't <laughs> do it because he knocked up Renee, so then he had to go be a police chief in Forks, Washington. And so maybe this is really just Charlie realizing his long lost dreams. Who knows? I don't know. But anyways. So, again, the mention of a name Joe is dropped in the story and then not explained. <laughs> um, and he, I'm sorry, okay. And it's, it's so weird. Okay, so yeah, so it's, Joe is mentioned, not explained, never brought up again, but Alex is. So, like, I assume it was a mistype, and Alex is supposed to be a combination of Joe and Alex, who are both characters in Gilmore Girls. And Charlie seems to be single white mailing the character of Alex, <laughs> who was a character in Gilmore Girls. And, like, I, I imagine, okay, I just think about this part, like, the author did the, like, dwicked dwicked <laughs> 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 Like, they wrote this as Joe, and then, like, but, like, had a typo or something, and then... Couldn't yes, auto-replace all of the Joes with Alex's? I have no idea. But anyway, sorry, this is like a weird, weirdly timed tangent. Okay, so anyways, so this is a really confusing mashup of characters, as you're probably getting, that I assume will require explanation, because I'm assuming a lot of you don't know anything about Gilmore Girls. So anyways, so Alex Denson, Charlie's friend in this fanfic, is presumably supposed to be Alex Lessman from Gilmore Girls, which is our first hint of crossover after the Connecticut thing. Alex is a character who is played by Billy Burke, who is the same actor who plays Charlie in the films, which is going to come up again because, again, Charlie's just single white mailing the character of Alex by yes. just taking over his life, a.k.a. the plotline of Gilmore Girls. Yes. So he has a friend in Gilmore Girls named Joe, who used to be friends with Suki St. James in culinary school, Suki being Lorelai's best friend, played by Melissa McCarthy. Alex and Joe are opening a coffee shop together in Gilmore Girls and run into Lorelai and Suki at a business seminar. Alex and Lorelai briefly date. They go on some sort of fishing date and a coffee... No, first a coffee tasting date, then a fishing date. But then it, And then it just sort of falls off the face of the earth and is never brought up canonically again. Yeah. Um. So in the fic, Alec, Alex and Charlie go to the business seminar, um, which again is what happens in Gilmore Girls. And they meet a short, perfectly round and loud woman, which is also a great description of me. Um, and another person that they describe as the brunette one. Um, what beautiful descriptive language from this fanfic writer. Thank you so much, Tiger Cat. Um, Charlie uh, knew that he'd ask the brunette one out as soon as possible, uh, does so, and then takes her on, and I quote, a low-budget spy tour and coffee date. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, I Which don't know the low budget spy tour is not part of Gilmore Girls. That's just no. a fun little flair that uh, Tiger Cat threw in. I would love if any of you listening to this episode of the podcast could please attempt to describe to me what you think a low budget spy tour is. I would really love that. Um, oh, I would love that. So anyway, on this date, we learn that the quirky brunette's name is, of course, Lorela Gilmore, and that she has a seventeen year old daughter. Um. It's okay, and I, I do want to say that all things considered, I think that the mechanism for introducing these two sets of characters to one another in the world of this fanfiction is actually fairly clever. Because, um, like you said, it uses an existing plot mechanism from Gilmore Girls to set this up, like you mentioned, um, and the way that they meet is set up in the show this way, Alex and Lorelai do go on a coffee date, and they even, like you said, add in the thing about how he takes her fishing. But why didn't they just make the character Alex not exist in this universe and just have Joe, since they played off Billy Burke playing both characters? When does the logic ever enter the fanfic writing process, my dude? When? <sighs> That's accurate. 
So Charlie says that he has three kids, and Lorelai says, with the same woman, I hope, which is not something that Lorelai would say at all, but it does mean that we finally get a fucking explanation about who the fuck these children are. Because it says, Charlie responds to Lorelai with, yes, ma'am, which first of all, anyways, we had Bella at 18 and divorced when she was a baby. We tried again after my parents died, which is weird because he just put a security system on their house. Um... And had Jack and Oliver, and we broke up again. So Charlie slash Alex is excited that Lorelai says she likes fishing. And by the way, I'm just moving on. I'm just moving on. That was, you know, we just have these fucking kids. Okay. The, just... the author just wanted them to have more kids, I guess. And I, I have no I have idea. No idea. Uh, I think she wanted so... to make she wanted to make Renee and Charlie more of a thing, I guess. Um, so they go fishing, which again is funny because it works for both characters and it also is the plot of Gilmore Girls because Charlie also loves fishing. Yes. Um, um, so meanwhile, Bella wakes up in Jacksonville to find that Renee has just uh, abandoned her and the boys <laughs> to fuck off to Miami with Bill, uh, leaving no more than a note that says that she'll be back Monday. Um, and honestly, this genuinely seems fairly in canon for Renee's character, who's always written as being like very flighty and irresponsible. Um, so Bella's reaction, and I quote, Signing Bella rolled hat eyes. <laughs> I oh that is what it says. Um, Look what I just got sent to me. Can you read it? It says, "What if we kissed in the Twilight section of the thrift store?" <laughs> Thank you, Eve. <laughs> um, that's really good. Um, I'm, I'm so- retweeting that right now. Um, so Bella has to be back in Forks by Monday to go to school because apparently she still does that. Uh, I have no <laughs> idea what month it is or how long Bella has been in Florida, but what is any of that It has matter? to be, like, January. Like, well, it's something for about Christmas. it being, like, the beginning of spring term. And well, like, she's us, in college. Yeah, and, yeah, because for us, spring term is the beginning of March, um, or the end of March and the beginning of April. Anyway, um... So she decides. But for, I feel she's, like for high school, it would be January. I guess. Um, I don't know. Anyway, so Bella decides that she's just going to steal her mom's car and take the boys with her back to Forks. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just fucking takes takes her fucking little siblings who appear to live in Jacksonville with her. Yeah, it's fine. Because uh, she can't just leave them there. Because she just abandoned. She just left. That's even worse than I originally thought about. I just thought about it like, oh, she just left Bella and Bella has to leave. No, she Bella left has Bella to leave. and the two other children. <laughs> so Bella, okay, so at first I was like, oh, Bella's kidnapping these kids. But now I realize that Bella, like, literally has to take them because they're actual children. And yeah, Bella's so an adult. Is, and she can't she just leave them behind. <laughs> it would be, like, child endangerment. So I, like, my question is, God. why didn't she call Charlie? Why wasn't she like, hey, dad? <laughs> I don't know I don't why she doesn't call him. That part baffles me. It's not like oh she tries God. to and he doesn't answer because he's not home. She just never attempts it. And I'm also really confused about how Bella was originally supposed to get back. Yeah, because I- she flew there, but she appears to be driving back because she said she had to leave in time to get to school on Monday. Um, And she also leaves from Florida, Florida to Washington with only two days for the drive. Which, again, I don't think this author drives or knows how long places are away from each other because that is not how that works. Um, so, Bella just steals her brothers and her mom's car and leaves, which is this classic Bella Swan, honestly. Right, I, I would love uh, for us to talk about the car. We have to talk oh about Oh my the god. Car. I was honestly just skip right past it, but like, because it's so much, but yes, we absolutely can. Bitch, we don't we don't skip things here on SDBC. No, we give you all of the grueling details because if we have to suffer, so shall we all. Uh, listen, this motherfucking car is a soft metallic lime green BMW <laughs> bug with white and pink flowers painted all over it, and is apparently the car that Bella was conceived in. Whose fucking dream car is this? And also, why is Vic Renee so fucking horny? Real Renee is that horny. And by real, I mean, like, Stephanie Myers Renee, I guess. Um, <laughs> real Renee. And, 
<laughs> and also, I cannot imagine what soft metallic lime green would look what? like. Soft is- metallic and lime green are not three things that are compatible. No, I like like metallic lime green, maybe. But like I can't not- imagine a soft metallic. Is like, it like pastel lime green, but also shiny? I can't imagine that. I it's so hard to imagine. I don't know what those words mean. Um, <laughs> so, what happens next, dear readers? I I'm going to smoke not, so much weed during this part. Is a strong wind as Bella is driving from Florida to Washington. A strong wind makes Bella lose control In of Nashville. her car. In Nashville, yes. Makes Bella lose control of her car, and she either hits or does not hit. Completely unclear. Uh, a man in a hospital gown who just uh-huh. seems to have materialized from thin air in the middle of the road. That's um, what it says in the in the in the actual writing. It is. It is what it says. So she gets out of the car to check on him because that's what you do when you when you hit or don't hit a strange man in the middle of the night. Um, and he's miraculously totally fine. And she's like, "Hey." Do you need to be taken somewhere? Like, do you want me to take you to the hospital? And he's like, no, I'm good. He points to a black Jeep on the side of the road. A dude wearing what is described as a tennis hat. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Your face. (laughs) When you said that. (laughs) A tennis hat and a beard. A tennis hat and a beard. He gets out of the car. And the dude in the nightgown walks over to him and then drinks two beers. And then they're like, hey, we're Bobby and John. And then they drive away. They drive away. This felt very David Lynch. Like, yes. Yes, it does. Oh my god. Um, like, this is like what happens in an episode of Twin Peaks. Like, like this, this just... These men never come up again in this story. Like, who are they? Where did they come from? I'm so bewildered. Why do they have more interesting plots than anyone else in this story? Who drinks beers in the middle of the freeway? are coming out of my eyeballs. Oh my god. What happens next? Okay. So um, we are told next in the real fucking words of the author that that Bella didn't realize was that the near collision, so I guess she didn't hit him, the near collision had changed her course of traveling, sending her east instead of west. And I could not believe my fucking eyes when I first read that. This was the moment that I knew I had to, like, we had to choose this fic. Because I was looking at this fic and I got to that part, and I think I sent you the link the second I read that line. I literally, as I was reading this earlier... I sent Katie a series of text messages that just said she drove in the wrong direction. So somehow Bella doesn't notice that she gets turned around on accident for ten hours. And she only (laughs) notices when she gets a flat tire like outside of Stars Hollow. But she somehow only noticed because in Connecticut she saw a road sign for Boston and Bella at first canonically in this fanfic is excited to see that she's near New York because she thinks it means she's near Forks before realizing... Wait, sorry, let me reread this again, but in a different voice. Bella's excited to see she's near New York because she thinks it is near Forks before realizing that Forks is the other way. Wow, amazing! I didn't know that you got Brad Neely to guest on our podcast. I love that this author managed to make Bella even more of a dumb bitch than even Stephanie Meyer could. I, like, how do you end up on the wrong coast of the country? Like, do, are her 
brothers also dumb? Like, did neither of them see either of them, like any of the road signs? Were like, hey, I think Bella, they're really I think- young. But but like, they're like little children. I don't. I don't know. They're probably I just don't, confused why they're even in the car. That's probably true. Um. Also, also speaking of the little children in the car, doesn't this at this point count as kidnapping? Like Bella has transported two minors over state lines without the consent of their guardian, which means I think canonically that Bella is a felon. Bellin. Bella, did you? Did this bitch right here honestly <laughs> say Bellin right now? I can't go on yet because I'm trying to look up how far Nashville is from Connecticut. And it is 15 hours. So how'd you do it in 10? And this BW bug. <laughs> Which is a soft metallic lime green. Um, and okay. And white flowers. Can we also just talk about the fact that Jerry was fucking moved to Stars Hollow and oh, didn't yeah. bother to tell Bella or anyone else, even though he knew that he would that she would be coming back to Forks. Like he literally just took a job that was there for a month and is opening a coffee shop with people, or at least hanging out with people who are starting a coffee shop as Joe if Joe is actually a second character. Right, and knows? like Bella doesn't know that Jacob's a fucking wolf man. No. Nope. And like doesn't know that anything happened. Yes, yeah, so so presumably <laughs> Charlie's like, okay, um, some weird shit is happening in Forks. A uh, teenage boy exploded into a wolf. I'm gonna go now. Um, but I'm which, just- I, which, honestly, no one in most shows ever makes the good decision to just leave. No. So, actually, respect to Charlie respect to Charlie, be like, but, fuck however, that. he's like, um, instead of informing anybody that this is happening, I'm just going to send my teenage daughter back to the place where a teenage boy exploded into a wolf and not say anything to anybody. Yeah, don't even worry about it. So, um, so uh, yeah, so Charlie and Lorelai go into Luke's diner, which is never explicitly named as Luke's, but it is. If you don't know what Luke's diner is, it's like the main place where people hang out in Gilmore Girls. And Charlie is surprised to find that his sons are there and his daughter is talking to Lorelai's daughter. And then, at this point, there is a time jump back to Bella getting a flat tire, driving all the way into town on the flat, and then deciding to stay the night in Stars Hollow. Um, She then wanders into Luke's, which she initially thinks is a hardware store, and orders coffee from, and I quote, a teenage boy that was busy playing tonsil hockey with a girl in a prep school uniform, so I am delighted to say that my number one teenage crush, Jess Mariano, has made it into this fanfic, even if just by surly mannerism in the name Mr. Routine. Well, and the fact that he's making out at behind the counter and working at Luke's. But also, <laughs> Jess Mariano is the love of Sahana and I's life, and if you're it's a real true. person, he would have torn Sahana and I apart. Yeah. Like, torn us up. We would not be making this podcast. We'd be both no, dead. We would have true. died in some sort of, like, exact same moment we stabbed each other fight. Um, but also, <laughs> I bet that the- And then we kissed. <laughs> Finally in death. Um, although I bet the author- I said that as if we haven't kissed, but we I meant- the club, bitch. <laughs> but, I mean, I've- Okay, anyways. Um, <laughs> Happy Pride Month. Meet Sahana at the club. <laughs> where she's gay. True. Um, um. <laughs> so I bet that the author, though, is a Dean fan. Because uh, they only talk about Jess in a disparaging way. So I don't trust the author anymore. So which is sad. tragic. Because they obviously had so much of my trust before. Yeah. You know, I just, I am never, not ever, not in my feelings about Jess Mariano. I mean, like, absolutely same. Um, so, Bella finally gets Jess's attention, she orders coffee, immediately downs the coffee, and then orders more coffee, and then Rory comes over and is like, oh my god, are we related? Which is honestly a very Rory line to say. Also, if you don't watch Gilmore Girls, I do want to note about something earlier, that Luke Steiner has a sign that says it's a hardware store, so, like, Bella isn't that dumb, (laughs) but she was like, this diner must sell hardware i don't know but um yeah i i really get the sense that this author was probably a much bigger gilmore girls fan than a twilight fan um either that or they just watched the episode lorelei out of water a bunch of times because there are so many specific details from that episode that show up in this fanfic um like the trout that lorelei takes home in the cooler or the fact that luke's has a hardware store sign on it 
Like, imagine just watching the episode of Lorelai out of water over and over <laughs> again. Like, Alice is great one. such a forgettable throwaway character that it is hysterical that this fic even exists. Like, of all Gimler Girls fics that could exist, it's this one. Like, it's, uh. I just, I don't understand. Um, so, Charlie and Lorelai show up in the diner, and so the timelines once again align. Charlie and Bella explain to each other how they ended up at Luke's. Lorelai tells Rory that she's going to name the fish she caught Becky. I don't know what's happening anymore. I don't know. They all just sort of, like, hang out without asking many questions at all or really explaining. They're just like, okay, we live here now. So, like, Bella goes back with Charlie to his motel, and it's like, they had to talk and find a house because, like, yeah, Charlie left Werewolf Town. He's just moving across the country, and they all just live in Stars Hollow now. No explanation needed, Bella. I'm sure it's perfectly fine with you. Want to go to Chilton? Also, does that include the... Are his other children? Like, did Bella just kidnap her brothers and is like, oh, we all live in Connecticut now? <laughs> I don't, I think. God. So, I just, Rory, I guess, is uh, gonna take Bella to Chilton with her. Um, can you? That's not in the fanfic, but I'm just saying that. I just, know. I think that that would be amazing, because can you imagine Bella interacting with Paris? B- Paris is like the Lauren of, like, in Twilight. Who yeah. Lauren is? That's Paris. I I think, so as I have gotten older, I have realized that I um, sympathize and sort of connect much less with Rory, and I sympathize and relate much more to Paris, and I think that's a sign of character growth. Dude, do you know what I want more than anything? What? Do you know what I really want to read fanfiction of, and if it doesn't exist, I might just write it like a oh fucking nerd? Please. Is... Paris Jess fanfic. Yes, I'm. Oh, I'm that sure scene, it exists. That scene when they flirt. Yeah, that, when they're when, when she's telling him that Kerouac is terrible and that he should read Jane Austen. Yeah, when she's like, I have one word for Kerouac. Edit. Edit. And I'm like that's such an accurate fucking thing. I love. And Paris I was like, Miller. that's my same feelings. And then she's like, oh, something Hemingway. And he's like, Jane Austen would like Hemingway. And it's like, oh, this is good. I like this. Okay. I wanted them to fuck. I, I guarantee that there is Jess Paris fanfic out there. Um, so what happens after? So, oh, oh, no, wait, I have one more. I have one more Gilmore Girls question for you. Do yeah. you think, I know that the timelines don't match up in this fanfiction, but imagining that these two worlds did in fact collide, do you think that Bella would date Tristan Dugray? Oh, Yes. Absolutely. I for sure Bella would have dated Tristan Especially Dugray. if she looks like Chris... Kristen Stewart, because Kristen Stewart looks enough like Alexis Bledel that Tristan would date her to make Rory jealous. Oh, for sure. Um, so Laurel and Charlie go to New York for a weekend with Suki and Jackson, once again confirming that Charlie's single white male the real Alex, because this is the same exact plot from Gilmore Girls, but the author gives us a uh, a present that we never get from the Paladinos. See, in Gilmore Girls... In Gilmore Girls, as I said, Alex just sort of disappears and we never get an explanation, like not even a half-assed one. And I think Lorelai at one point says something like, things with Alex have been weird and like, that's it. But that's not good enough for Tiger Cat. We get an explanation from them. You see, Charlie and Lorelai break up because after Charlie and Lorelai have sex one time, during it, Charlie calls out Renee and Lorelai calls out Luke. So they decide that they're just going to be friends. But he's still living there. Yeah. You know, just a totally normal thing to happen. Uh, no follow-up or resolution needed. Um, so upon hearing about this breakup, Bella jokes to Rory that it's the start of a wonderful friendship, which doesn't really seem like a joke, but they both bust out laughing. And then that, dear readers, is the end of our delightful journey through Stars Hollow. Um... What is your favorite part of this gift that you have given me? God, that feels like a Sophie's choice. Because there are so many good Strong options. Words this... there, bud. <laughs> there are so many good options in this fanfic. I mean, uh, they're all my children. So, like, I think it has to be the running with the presumably drunk men in the Jeep who we get names for for some reason and are come to known as Bobby and John, who I can only assume are the ghosts of Bobby and John F. Kennedy. <laughs> so, the ghost of Bobby. 
Bobby Kennedy is just hanging out in a Jeep on the side of the freeway in Nashville, Tennessee, drinking beer. I think that's what the ghost of John F. Kennedy might do. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think you may be right. Oh, so, God. but God, like the police, like mine, this one. His reaction to the supernatural, Bella getting lost in Nashville, ending up in Connecticut, is all gold. It's How do you choose a favorite God, part? Every second of this fic is pure fucking gold. Um, yes, it was also very difficult for me to choose a favorite part of it. So I think that actually maybe my favorite part of reading this fic is that it forced me to consider what would happen if these two universes did collide. And at first when I was reading this, I was like, oh, Rory and Bella would probably hate each other. Because um, I think that Rory can sometimes be a little, like, overeager and goody two-shoes. And we know that Bella hates that shit. Uh, but honestly, the more that I thought about it, the more I think that they um, might get along. Because I think that they really conceptualize themselves as exceptional in some of the same ways. Like, Rory is really only one step away from being a not-like-other-girls girl. Well, I think also at school and stuff, like, Rory's pretty quiet, and I feel like all Bella really cares about in a friend is them being quiet. And there's that whole episode about how how Rory doesn't want to make friends, she just yes. wants to sit there and read. Read. And so I feel like Chris, I feel like, I almost said Chris is serious, so I feel like Bella would really appreciate that. Yes. And they would be friends. Um, also, I feel like Rory and Lorelai definitely would have publicly bashed Twilight in the way that they publicly bash Evanescence, which is warranted. Um, but I also feel like one or both of them might have secretly read it, which leads me to the most important question I think of this episode. Do you think Rory is a Team Jacob or a Team Edward? Uh, I think it depends what season Rory, because I mean, I think she'd be Team Jacob like later-ish on and Lane would be Team Edward really? though because Lane would find the storyline romantic and Rory would want to sound like smarter than she is or something like not like other girls because she wants to dance to Tom Waits at prom and like about that. Yeah, I mean I also would like to dance to Tom Waits at prom but <laughs> maybe she yeah maybe she and Bella really would be friends since Kristen Stewart was the one that submitted Flightless Bird American Mouth for the prom song in the Twilight yeah. movie um, but see, I actually think that Rory might be a Team Edward because she really romanticizes her relationship with Dean, who I think was in a lot of ways really controlling and borderline emotionally manipulative. And also, give Lane more credit than that. Like, I, I definitely agree. I think that Lane is sometimes a hopeless romantic, but I actually firmly believe that Lane is ultimately the smarter one of the two of them. Oh, she's definitely the smarter one of the two of them. But also, no, because Lane thinks Dean is a great boyfriend and is constantly talking in early scenes about really unhealthy dating dynamics and she thinks it's all the manipulative stuff and Rory's boyfriend's uh, do is kind of like hot and romantic. And also, you were Team Edward as a teenager, too. Okay, listen, nobody ever said that I wasn't a dumb bitch. Um, But yes, fair. Maybe that's to say that Lane has room for some significant character growth that was fucking denied to her by a plot line that dramatically underused her potential. Whatever. It's fine. I'm no bitter. I definitely agree. Lane was fucking robbed. The OC is the worst thing that ever happened to Gilmore Girls because it took took her good boyfriend away and then they were just like, let's just give her to Zach. We can't be bothered to introduce a new character for her. Yeah, let's just like have her be pregnant the first time that she ever has sex and also it's terrible and now she's having twins. Yeah, let's just punish her for having a sexuality. I have said over and over again that Rory Gilmore, as somebody who has a keep abortion safe and legal poster hanging up in her college dorm room, really did not do Lane any favors. She absolutely could have talked to Lane about the possibility of getting an abortion. And I know, I know that Mrs. Kim is like very religious, but I think that it could have been done. I think it could have been yeah, done. Yeah, I don't think Lane would have gone through with it though. She stuck by the not having sex until marriage thing. I don't she think did. she would. That's true. I don't think that that would. <laughs> Well, but either think, either way though, I think but Suki though, but Suki though, oh, she definitely still could. She could have had a better parent, and still had a better plot. But can we talk about Suki not having an abortion oh my God. when when Jackson didn't tell her that he didn't get a vasectomy and then she gets pregnant and she doesn't want to have that kid? That, Why the fuck did Suki not get an abortion? That's literally reproductive coercion. Like that is abusive. Behavior. And everyone's just like, who cares? Have another kid. It's great. And oh. she's like. And she, like, is so depressed. And I know that in the storyline is because Melissa McCarthy was actually pregnant in real life and they're, like, trying to hide it or whatever. But, like, no, it was so fucking fucked. You can record around it. And, like, 
There that so part, many... I hated that part. Too. It was so shitty. Anyways. Um, so... God, we just got really fucking worked up. <laughs> we just, do you, do but, you, okay, we, also, we, also we, though, also though, I think it depends what season, because I think she might be more apt to be Team Jacob when she's further removed from her relationship with Dean. But while dating Dean, I could totally see her being Team Edward. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, We will put a poll up on the Twitter. We should put a poll up on the Twitter. Um, I will. I already have it saved. Amazing. I've been doing it while we were doing this. I have it saved (laughs) in the drafts. you are both a Gilmore Girls and a Twilight fan, please tell us what team you think Rory would be on. Um, (sighs) Anyways, now that that heated, that that heat is gone from me. Let me take a quick hit from my vape real quick. One second. Just for this last moment. Thanks for hanging in there with us um, through this so, truly wild ride. This concludes our very special episode of Summer Cross Summer of Summer Crossover <laughs> Club. Please check out our Twitter at SDBC Podcast because again, we are actually Summer Twilight Book Club. Um, in honor of Pride Month. Uh, my little gay gremlin heart, my little gay trans gremlin heart was like, um, I'm gonna, I've just decided on my own, I didn't ask you, I'm sorry, that I will post my headcanons about everyone in Twilight being gay or trans all month. Um, so definitely come check that out. So far, um, I have that Bella's bisexual and Alice is her true love, and that sure. Alice is a, um, biromantic lesbian. Because she is. I don't believe that for a second that she's not um so let's find out what else I think uh please be on the lookout for the details for our patreon that we'll be launching soon like I said it's going to be stuff like this this is an example of the type of content we're going to have on there uh we have both spent actual dollars to create this podcast I would really appreciate any support for our work um, please check out the rest of the amazing shows on the Orange Groves and join us in the Orange Groves Discord server to talk about the episode or just shoot the shit with other really cool people. Uh, we'll be back at you in a week or two with your regularly scheduled episode of Summer Twilight Book Club. Bye, babies! Bye!